good? Welcome in to Farscast. My name is Farz Vesugian. Hope you guys had a great weekend, whatever it is you did over the weekend, whether it's watching the NBA, NHL playoffs, uh, your NFL Sunday football, college football on Saturday, or just enjoyed your time out and about, taking advantage of the good weather, hopefully in your area. I know when my neck of the woods in Kansas City, uh, up and down, but that's pretty normal in the Midwest, especially in Kansas City. Uh, experiencing all four seasons in one day or in one weekend uh, in that case. But nonetheless, hope you guys all had a good weekend. And more importantly, appreciate you guys taking the time to download and listen to another episode of FarzCast. Uh, I know we're a couple of episodes in, and I know we had uh, we have some technical issues right now. So some of you guys may be listening from another website. Uh, I mean, this podcast is in several places. Actually, that's the first thing I'll get into. The good news about this podcast is we're now available on a lot of other uh, websites. Uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, they should be all up on there. A couple other podcasting outlets. If for whatever reason uh, you cannot find them on there, please let me know. I'm not able to keep track of all of these places. They should be on there. They should be. And I know a lot of people have their own preference as to where they listen to uh, their podcasts, or maybe they listen to certain podcasts on different websites, Spotify, whatever. Um, but now this podcast should be available uh, on more platforms for you to download, which is always good. Uh, however, we still have an issue with Apple Podcasts, which used to be called iTunes. Still have an issue with Apple Podcasts and have an issue with Google Play. And I'm not quite sure what the issue is because everything seems to be fine on my end in terms of uploading the podcast. But uh, seems to be uh, seems to be an issue trying to get the podcast out there uh, from their end. So I'm trying to figure that out. Please be patient with me. I know a majority of our listeners are from Apple Podcasts and some from Google Play and some from Spotify. It's available on Spotify. It's also available on Podbean.com if you just search uh, Farscast. Uh, and I'm also interv- uh, uploading some of the guest segments on uh, on YouTube. So. Uh, you can check that out there as well. Uh, so I apologize for those who are unable to access the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play. I promise I'm working on that, uh, trying to get that up as soon as possible. All right. Uh, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time. Joining me in uh, just a couple of minutes, uh, Dan Doherty and Eddie Law. Uh, two guys I really, really like talking to. I, I was a guest on Dan's podcast, as a matter of fact, a couple of years ago. Uh, when I broke the news for the UFC event in Kansas City, which was a lot of fun, uh, it was really cool to break that story and be able to attend that event as someone who's a huge UFC fan. These guys are both MMA guys. We met on a uh, on another website, uh, MMA website, and uh, eventually the website got shut down. But now we're all running on another another website, Cage Press. Dot com. So that is where you can find uh, a lot of our work. These guys also do MMA podcasts. Uh, Dan does the Throwing Elbows podcast, and Eddie does the Keyboard Warriors MMA podcast. Uh, like I said, I've been a guest on Dan's podcast, and I've listened to Eddie's podcast a couple of times. Both really good. Uh, really enjoy their stuff. If, if you're a UFC fan or Bellator fan, definitely worth checking out and following those guys and checking out their work as well at Cage Site Press. Com. They'll be joining me in a moment. We'll talk a lot of MMA. Also going to talk some NFL, uh, some sports media. All of us have worked in uh, media before, whether it's uh, not, not just sports, but news as well. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then also 
Uh, touch on a, a, a little bit with video games. Uh, I've talked about video games before on this podcast. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever played The Last of Us. It is a it, it's a zombie apocalyptic story. It's a zombie apocalyptic game. Uh, the second one came out earlier this year, and I'm gonna tell you, uh, seven years fans waited for that game, and that is one of the best games I have ever played. And I know a lot of people feel that way. Some people were not really enthralled by the ending, and I can certainly understand that. But for the most part, people really loved that story. Uh, so we talk about that and whether or not there should be a third Last of Us. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. Going to talk to those guys uh, later on. Uh, joining me in the near future, and I don't have an exact date for this yet, uh, but it is. I've talked to them and they're definitely down to uh, join me. A lot of you guys have been asking, you know, if the Chiefs Zone podcast will come back. And I mentioned last episode it will not. But I did say we will still have Chiefs talk on this. In fact, we'll talk some Chiefs in the next segment with uh, Eddie and Dan. Uh, Definitely going to talk to them about that a little bit uh, in the next segment. But uh, Zach Steginga and DJ Evans, my co-hosts from the Chiefs Zone podcast, they will be joining me in the near future on Farscast. So we will do a Chiefs Zone reunion very soon. So that will be very exciting. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And we're not just going to talk Chiefs. We'll talk some NFL We'll talk maybe NBA, NBA Finals as the Lakers and the Heat will now face off in the final round. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about anything and everything. So, gonna uh, really look for. I've I, I've I've kept in touch with Zach and DJ. I mean Zach, I've known for a long time. Uh, he and I both met at KU, and uh, DJ someone who I met through social media, and we became really good friends and hosted uh, the Chiefs on together. Uh, so uh, the three of us have not done a podcast in a while, obviously. February was the last time we did that. Uh, but we've all kept in touch. Uh, group texts or just texting, texting each other uh, individually. Uh, still keeping in touch with them. And uh, those guys are down to do a Chiefs Zone reunion. So we'll be doing that very soon on Farscast. So if you guys are looking forward for some Chiefs talk, like I promised... Uh, I did say before also, uh, on when, when I did the last episode of the Chiefs, and I did say it's, um, it's not the last time you're going to hear the three of us together. So they will be joining me uh, pretty soon. But for now, joining me in just a moment, Eddie Law and Dan Doherty next here on Farscast. All right, we are back right here on Farscast, as promised in the previous segment. Joining me on this episode, going to be a, a lot of MMA talk, also some NFL talk and whatnot, uh, whatever we talk about here and there. Uh, Dan Doherty and Eddie Law. Uh, Dan is the host of the Throwing Elbows MMA podcast, also a host at ESPN uh, Radio in Ithaca, and Eddie Law joining me. Uh, he is the host of the Keyboard Warriors MMA podcast, and both of them write for CagesidePress.com. Dan is actually an editor for CagesidePress.com, and uh, they're joining me now on Farscast. Gentlemen, what's going on? Good, Good Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, for you, all right? I'm coming up a loss, all right? I'm coming up a loss right now. With your Cardinals. Oh, come on. It's Sunday. I was trying to grill. 
I had my kid with me, dude. He watching his third. He was two and zero. Oh. I was trying to hope he was gonna be three and zero. Oh. Lifetime for him. Now he's two and one. <laughs> lifetime. I don't even lifetime. want to say my record. Lifetime with the Cardinals. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's just terrible. Okay, but it's okay. As a Cardinals fan, as an Arizona sports fan, we know this is how it goes. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, before we started recording. I thought the Cardinals were going to be better than a lot of people gave them credit for. Like, as soon as they got DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, Larry Fitzgerald has been the best receiver for a long time, and I think more recently, uh, Hopkins. I I know a lot of people say Michael Thomas or Tyreek Hill, but, man, DeAndre Hopkins hardly ever drops the football. And for them to be on the same team with a really young quarterback, a very versatile quarterback, I think this Cardinals team is going to go really far this year. I really do. I'm really hoping, man. A lot of it has to do with experience, man. Kyler has a, a year under his belt. It's a second-year quarterback. So you're kind of hoping that, you know, something connects there. We're not expecting the Super Bowl, right? And we Honestly, we weren't expecting this to be this good, like, now. But we're expecting a run for the playoffs, at least a run to the playoffs, like, for the playoffs, right? It, but, again, Arizona fans, you guys all know how I am. How we all are. We all understand. If we expect, like, if we're expecting greatness and the hype is there, we're definitely going to under-deliver Right, so every, that's why everyone here goes like, "Yeah, we might be good. Who knows?" In the back of your head, you're like, "We're gonna be solid." But you know, when you talk to anybody, you're like, "Oh, we might be good. We don't know." You know, Hop might not, you know, connect with Murray. You never know. And then behind closed doors, we're like, "Yes, yes, go!" You know, and yeah, uh, you know, this this is the first uh, first little bump in the road. Dan, you're a Packers fan. What was the expectation yes. going into this year for them? Because I didn't pay too much attention to them. So it was weird. Last year, they kind of overperformed. Uh, 13 and three was definitely not where the team belonged. And they made it to the NFC Championship game, which was cool. And then once they started winning in the playoffs, I was like, all right, can we actually win the Super Bowl this year? And, oh, that's right. And then they lost. They, they got like trounced by the San Francisco 49ers and brought me back down to earth. And this year, uh, I was expecting, you know, more Aaron Rodgers to, to get familiarized with the new head coach because last year it was a new system. And it looks like it's working right now. I mean, they, they've looked phenomenal the past two weeks, and hopefully they do uh, against Saints tonight. Um, but it, it, they, they look better than I've expected them to look, and everything is uh, really clicking right now. And it's, it's really awesome to watch. Well, you know, the two biggest surprises this year so far, the Texans and the Eagles are 0-3, and they play each other next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone said that on Twitter, I mentioned. Uh, so, so don't quote me on that. I'm just going off that, but I think they are. Uh, and I tweeted, uh, someone's O has got to go. And they go, not unless it's the Eagles or the um, or the Bengals game. Because yep. they're, they're both 0-2, and that game ended in a tie. Uh-huh. That's going to happen. I was about to say that right now. I'm like, they're going to tie. Guaranteed. <laughs> and honestly, for fun, I hope they do. Honestly, I, just, I hope they do. Just leave oh. it tied. I will say it's pretty cool to see how much of an impact a wide receiver can have, you know, with DeAndre yeah. Hopkins going yes. to the Cardinals because he, you take him off that Houston offense and they're not doing anything. And then you put him on the Arizona offense and they're looking great. So I, I didn't know that a wide receiver could have that much of an impact on a team. Well, you know, it's funny as a chiefs fan, when the chiefs extended Patrick Mahomes, uh, DeAndre Hopkins last game as a Texan was with, was against the chiefs. And that's when they blew that 24, nothing lead. And as soon as Mahomes got that extension, he responded to that on Twitter and goes, I can think of 24 reasons why he deserves it, responding to that 24 nothing <laughs> blown lead. So speaking of blown leads, the Falcons, man, like Dan Quinn should not coach another. Like if he is still employed tomorrow morning, I mean, get a new general manager because that that guy just lost a team ever since they lost that Super Bowl. Dude, can't stop that thing. Nick Foles magic. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that no. too. 
I'll say this much, man. I know Danny's already legit. He's on ESPN Radio. I'm hoping to get a gig like that at some point, you know, like a sports radio gig. The fact that Dan Quinn and Adam Gase are both still employed gave me so much hope. Just so much hope to a chance. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Dan, you're with ESPN Ithaca. What do you? Uh, what show do you have there? What do you talk about on that show? So we have a, a weekly show. It's uh, it's called Between the Lines. It's every uh, every weekday uh, at 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, and it's hosted by Nick Karski, who's been in the radio business for eight years now. He graduated Ithaca College a few years before I did, uh, and uh, we just talk about whatever we feel like: Yankees, Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, Giants, all that all that New York stuff. Uh, and my primary job, which I can't do right now, is high school play-by-play. Uh, of course, one of one, our, our section was one of the ones in New York that said, hey, we're not playing anything until next year. Uh, so I haven't called a game since March, and I'm getting a little antsy over here. I want, I want to get behind the mic again. Matt, I'll tell you, I, I did the whole play-by-play thing in college. For I went to the University of Kansas, so I did some play-by-play there, and I also did a little bit of high school play-by-play. People think it's so easy. You just simply, like, describe whatever you see. <laughs> you know what's funny? A lot of times, like, because uh, I used to work for 610 uh, Radio in Kansas City. Uh, and of course, you know, we all do podcasting. A lot of people think you just, you know, show up to a radio station and just start talking or you just start, re- you know, you turn on your mic and you hit record and you just talk here and there. No, I mean, there's so much, especially high school, man. I don't know how it is for you guys, uh, Dan, uh, with all the information you you uh, have to look for or if any of that is ever handed to you. I mean, 99% of the time, you've got to like basically do a lot of research for these high school guys. It is incredibly hard because you got to prepare for everything. Uh, Cause you never know how a game will ever unfold. Yeah. Um, I got a story. Hold on. It, All right, hold on. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> so I, I had to call a, a, a section, a sectional playoff game, a girls basketball game in, in Binghamton in the AHL arena that have there. Um, I did not hear back from the coach of the team that was out of my area. Uh, he just didn't answer my email about their roster, their stats, anything. So I, I go in there. Blind. I, I know one team well because I've called a couple of their games. Uh, then this other team I know nothing about. I read like an article, but I don't know. I don't know who th- who's on their team or what. So before the game, our pregame show is going. I'm tra- I'm talking about you know how this team's undefeated, yada yada. Uh, and I don't have the other team's roster yet. So in the four minute commercial break we have, I run around the AHL arena and find a program miraculously. <laughs> find a program in the, in the in the in the entrance that has the roster on it, and I call the game just based on that roster that I had and it worked out. So there's a lot of stuff like that where sometimes if the coach isn't cooperative, uh, you'll have some pretty uh, hairy scenarios, but typically they, they like the coverage. You know, what's funny. I remember uh, I was a student at a, a community college in Kansas and uh, there was our soccer women's soccer team was really good. And there was a girl from Topeka high school uh, she was on a terrible team in high school. And then here she comes at the community college and is playing at a high level. And look, it's a community college. We're not following these teams closely. Like we do like a, like a big 12 school or a pro pro sports team. Uh, so sometimes we don't follow their games in their entireties. Uh, but anyway, I was going to do the story on this girl. I don't know, her, her name is Allie. And I remember, uh, interviewing her coach. And he was kind of hesitant answering a lot of the questions for some reason because she was like leading the team in scoring. And I remember we would win games like 10-0, 15-0. You know what? I, I will say this. And this is honestly a really shitty thing. I remember there was 30 seconds left on the clock once and the coach 
was yelling at one of the girls to keep going. It's like, dude, you're up 15, nothing. I mean, come on. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, the, listen, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, don't run up the score. But come on, it's 15 nothing, man. Anyway, uh, I go up to uh, this girl. I, I have to follow her because I can't find her to get an interview with her. I found out she was at the gym. So I just kind of sounds stalkerish. But someone told me where she was. So I interviewed her. And then uh, I realized her teammates who were also in the, gym, in the gym were pointing and laughing at my direction while I was doing the interview with her. And then 24 hours later, we get word that the department, the athletics department does not want a story done on her because it turned out she was suspended for no showing a playoff game. Apparently she chose a party over a playoff game. And again, this girl is like incredibly good. Like she leads like the entire junior college in scoring in, in goal scored. And I remember doing play by play for one of the games she hardly played and she came out and they always give them like those um, see-through jerseys or whatever yeah. to wear when they're on the bench. She just grabbed hers and threw it as hard as she could. And I'm like, Yikes. damn, like, why would you no show a playoff? Like this is athletics. Like you're getting a, a free ride, but I don't know. Some people wow. make a lot of stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We talked about your radio show. You're throwing elbows podcast. Is that a weekly podcast you guys do? Yeah. Yeah. Try to try to do it as, uh, as often as we can uh, every week. Uh, so yeah, me and Heath Hoshman, who uh, used to write for KHSI Press, he doesn't, he's not as active anymore. He sometimes, I think he writes an article a week now. Uh, and, and every month before the pay-per-view, we have Austin Arnett on. He had a couple of fights in the UFC. Uh, Northwest guy fought Shane Young, who actually fought on the last uh, UFC card. Uh, and his, his debut was actually against Corey Sandhagen, which was very unfortunate for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we like to get his perspective every month on the big pay-per-views. And uh, it, it's cool. Uh, we just, you know. It's laid back. I'm not. I'm not following MMA as closely as I used to uh, these days. But I got. I got a lot more other uh, sports to that that pay the bills that I have to follow more closely. Uh, but we still have fun with it every week. Uh, Eddie, uh, tell us a little bit about your Keyboard Warriors MMA podcast. Uh, how can people listen to that? All right, we are. Uh, you can actually watch all the. So I, I. I got lazy instead of making our URL on YouTube really easy to do. I just went. I just hooked it up to keyboardwarriorsmma.com. Um, and we're on every podcast that you can find. Just type in Keyboard Wars and May, you'll find us. Uh, we're literally three guys. Like, if you could have your three, like, you and two of your best buddies sitting back with beers, talking legitimate, just whatever you want about MMA, like, that's us. Like, we've been flagged before by YouTube, by Twitter, <laughs> by Instagram for stuff that either me or, or my co-host Fred Kirby say. <laughs> um, we've been put on, uh, 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 um, what do you call it, like an LG. LGBTQ list for something one of our guests said one time, and what did you guys do? Was, no, no, it was a former a former host, a former host. One of my really, he's a really good friend. Uh, his name's Aaron, and uh, out of out of Michigan. Anyway, so I forgot what, like, not that I forget. I just don't like to repeat what he said, but he said something, and and you know the F word that you know that, that they don't you don't you're not supposed to use, and we all kind of laughed, right? The next no, two days later. We all get tagged on a post on Twitter, all right? And, and it's him. It's his face with this guy's you know, homophobic and all sorts of stuff. And it's, it's oh, put all over Twitter. No. The best part, Aaron's – took his, his, his profile picture on Twitter. The biggest smile, the happiest-looking guy ever. Like, He's like, this guy is a homophobe. I'm like, oh, man. Wow. So, that is kind of a weird photo to use. Right. So I'm just like, all right. So, no, but it's uh, – um, we technically we you know we have our, our flagship shows the Keeper Warriors live. It's Wednesday night. 
very interactive shows. Me and Fred, uh, Jesse has gotten a little too busy, so we're, got, we're getting in a, a guest and all the in and out. Um, we just literally just talk MMA, like like you and your boys would talk about MMA, right? Like Fred will say some outlandish stuff sometimes, but we give real points, but we give our own personal opinion on it. And, and we talk like just three guys sitting back with beers. And then on Monday nights, I do the Monday night hangout, which is exclusively literally what it sounds like. It's hanging out. I just happen to be the one on camera, right? But people come in, join in the chat. I put up their comments. The, the people that show up, lead the show. I just drive the bus and kick it off and have some fun. So um, honestly, the, the, the whole podcast, I would love to say, like, we're trying to take over the world and stuff. We're not really trying. We probably should. But uh, it's literally my hobby at this point. But I just take it. I do it a lot. So I take it real serious. But other than that, I also do the Carved Air, Air Raid Report on Sportscaster. And I uh, host the uh, Believe in Arizona Football podcast with uh, former Arizona Wildcats corner Shaquille Richardson. So I'm all over the podcast thing, dude. You I'm do that. Over. You do that through the uh, Believe Network podcast. Believe right? Podcast Network, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was contacted by one of those guys. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, I think Cam. Cam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. he reached out to me and he hooked me up with an interview with uh, former Chief Joe Valerio. Joe's a really cool guy. He was not, yeah. he, he wasn't like a big name or anything. I don't know yeah. if you guys have heard of him, but he was a backup offensive lineman. But he holds the record for most touchdown receptions by an offensive lineman in NFL history. So he's got yeah, kind I'm of kidding. a kind of a cool uh, little uh, uh, record there uh, in NFL history. Uh, you know, it's it, it's funny because the three of us, I remember. I got into MMA in 2016. Hmm. My first, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd watch a couple of fights here and there with Brock Lesnar and Anderson Silva. And I knew about uh, Ronda Rousey and how she was beating everyone in 15 seconds. Uh, and then I remember Holly Holm beat her and that was a huge deal. And her first title defense was against Misha Tate. And then the same night, Conor McGregor was fighting Nate Diaz. And I said, you know what? I'm going to order this pay-per-view. First time I ever ordered a UFC pay-per-view and uh i picked a pretty good one uh yeah. for sure and i just got hooked right away man like the way misha tate pulled off the upset against holly holm and nate diaz pulled off another big upset and had that you know hey i'm not surprised mfers you know after after the fight uh i just got hooked after that man and that was I, honestly a really crazy year for mma because if i'm not mistaken there was an upset almost every other pay-per-view that uh, that year, Stipe Miocic beat Fabrizio Verdum. Uh, Bisping beat Rockhold. Uh, I mean, so many crazy things happened that year. Uh, but yeah, I remember I said, I want to start writing about MMA. I think it'd be cool to do. And then I joined Cage Pages, and that's uh, when I met you guys, which I see Eddie laughing right now. <laughs> so, that's a funny name. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, well, I'll get to that uh, in a yeah. minute, but... Um, I remember I broke the story. I got an inside scoop from a couple of people about the UFC coming to Kansas City. And so I wrote about it on Cage Pages. As Eddie said, it's kind of a funny name, which it is. Yeah. And so a local radio station picked up on that story that I, I reported on. And they were all kind of like laughing about the name, like cagepages.com. Yeah. Like, but anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, long story short, a lot of writers got let go and there were very few writers and editors left. And it was basically hard for that website to really move on. So now it's defunct, but uh, we're all now on the same uh, website. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, I've not written in a long time, but Jay Anderson is the guy who uh, founded uh, Cage Side Press, uh, which much better name. I will say it sounds oh, a lot yes. better. Um <laughs> I was, you know, this is where I wanted to ask you about 
Dan, because you're in the media, you do a lot of stuff, MMA, uh, you know, high school, NFL, whatever. Uh, Jay showed me uh, this video um, of Bellator where a lot of the media members, and we're talking some of the big guys like John Morgan, uh, a few of the guys, you know, they're, they're getting their input on like an upcoming Bellator card. And you were on that video. I remember I was on that video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know the UFC's not like, I mean, you they get, they pick and choose, you know, their top notch. I want to word this correctly. Basically the guys that maybe suck up to them a little bit more. I mean, they'll never put, you know, someone like, I mean, hopefully they do with KHI press. Jay was hoping you, you would have been in more of their uh, promo videos. Cause sometimes they do that with upcoming fights, but man, it's just, Bellator and the UFC, the way they're run, two very different presidents. Whereas, you know, Scott Coker, I think he's a little bit more relatable. He's more open with the media. Whereas Dana White, man, I mean, that guy, he he gives a lot of weird answers and then gets really offended when the media says something against him. You guys can kind of get that vibe with him? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough, uh, I would say it's a tough line to you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Balance. It's <laughs> when, you're, when you're dealing with Dana White, because uh, you want it. That's the whole thing with this uh, access journalism, they call it in MMA, where you have to kind of play nice uh, if you want to be able to get that, those, those interviews. I mean, I, I was, I haven't been uh, a credential media member to a UFC event yet, uh, but I've, I've been to a couple of Bell tours and PFLs. Uh, but now that KHI Press is starting to get to UFC events, uh, like with uh, Gabriel Gonzalez, he's been there. Rodney James Edgar, he's been at a couple. Uh, Joe McDonough, I think, was at one. So we're, we're starting to get UFC representation, uh, and I think my time will come soon. But uh, that, that access is tough because a lot of people want that hard-hitting journalism uh, on MMA, but can't really do that if, if you want to get those post-fight interviews right after the guy gets knocked out. Like, you have to play nice with the UFC and, and Bellator, they kind of just, they want the coverage. So that's how I end up in a video. Uh, <laughs> I'm just at media day, waiting to talk to some fighters and their PR guy comes up to me. Hey, you want to talk about this fight? I'm like, all right, sure. Let's do it. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen with the UFC. Think that you, you kind of just, you're kind of towing the line uh, with the UFC where you want that access um, and, and you don't want to rile up Uncle Dana. Well, it's just even like the smallest thing. Like I know he and Ariel Helwani of ESPN, uh, but before he went to ESPN, uh, l- like that whole Brock Lesnar thing. Like, I mean, that was kind of a weird thing. Yeah. A lot of people are, are saying it's like, you know, why did Ariel report that? Well, it's news. Uh, and it's like, you know, look, he got valid information. And, you know, in a world where we get a lot of fake news, uh, it's not like it was anything wrong. And I get people have their opinions about Ariel and that's fine. You know, I, I think he's honestly gotten a little worse since his ESPN move, but that's a topic for another time. Um, but you know, he reported a story and it was all factual. It's not like he reported anything out of the line. He didn't know that the UFC had this special promo to surprise us with Brock Lesnar. So I don't know. I, I, I it's funny. I actually have a college classmate who works in the UFC now he lives in Vegas. I've always wanted to reach out to, I, 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 we, I mean, he and I have been in contact, but uh, every time I go to Vegas, I reach out to him to see if he's available, but he's always busy because the UFC, I mean, they've always got this constant schedule where they're always yeah. doing cards. So I haven't been able to see him in a long time, but that's one of the things I've always wanted to ask him, uh, you know, what is it like to kind of work with Dana White? So uh, I suppose maybe you're not going to get the full answer on that, but 
Yeah, uh, Ed, is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, so, so first of all, Gabe from KCI Press, uh, does anyone pimp, pimp harder than that dude? How oh, many of the most gorgeous the ladies in MMA is this guy gonna interview? Every time I see him on YouTube, he's talking to some gorgeous girl that's got, you know, he's about to beat someone's ass or just got done beating someone's ass. And every time I'm like hitting him up, I'm like, hey, get that number. You're a young single guy. What's up? Just messing with him, obviously, right? But shout out to him. I'm, I'm a big fan of that boy. He's a man. Who, yeah, he's who, a man, who's but... that, um, that cowgirl that always has the hat? KGB. KGB. I was yes. so jealous for that interview. Yeah, I <laughs> remember. And he was just like, can I put the hat on? She's like, yeah, sure. Why Dude, not? He did that. And I, I, I hit him up on Twitter, on friggin', on the Slack. I hit him up on everything I could find. I'm like, let's go. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like let's go, boy. But it's the best um, moment. Yeah. Oh, for uh. sure. But um, anyway, but as far as like the access to the UFC, you're 100% right. I mean, there's a reason why, 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 why Ariel cried for two and a half hours on, on his show back in the day. Okay, I'll admit, that was access. a little funny. That was a little overdone. Oh, dude, I died laughing. When I, I watched every second. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I cannot stand the guy because he's dirty. My opinion, not this, these guys' opinion. My opinion. These guys, that dude is dirty, whatever, but that's for another time. Um, but I died laughing every second of it because that's how important access is. That guy, that grown man, cried on the internet. On the internet that has no feelings and doesn't care about how you feel how you, or anything about you. He cried for two and a half hours. He thought his career was over with the UFC because he did, he did his job. That is how important access is in the UFC. And you know who didn't, who didn't put up with any of that BS? Luke Thomas. When's the last time I you really seen that like man Luke cover it? When's the last time you seen that man cover the UFC? You want hard-hitting journal, like MMA journalism? That's my guy. Why? Because he could give less of a crap about what, what Dana White thinks. And as far as dealing with Dana, just like Danny said, it's, it's a balance. You got to find it. You got to find the balance between reporting like facts, but not reporting so hard that it makes the UFC look bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's really strange. Like as far as keep warriors go, we're never going to get invited to that. Just the name alone. He's going to be like, no, I'm not those guys. No, <laughs> no, not even. But yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to see my KHI press brothers keep going. I remember, uh, he, uh, Luke Thomas was asking John Jones a question about like you know, what <laughs> yes. his 30s were like. He's like, I don't like you, Luke. I'm not answering your question. And he just went and like laughed about it on the air. He's like, look, if, if anyone has an issue with me, I'll discuss it with them. But if not, you know, hey, I'm going to have fun with it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, I really do. Luke's a really intelligent guy, by the way. Yeah. I don't. Did you guys ever listen to his radio show on mm -hmm. Sirius XM? Man, I, I am so bummed out that uh, it came to an end. Uh, I mean, I'm happy for him because he's moving on to bigger things. Yeah. But, I mean, even just non-MMA topics, like, that guy always knows what he's talking about. You don't always have to agree with him, but, I mean, he knows what the hell he's always talking about, which is which is always good. You don't hear that a lot, especially in um, in media, especially on Sirius XM, too. Um, all right. Uh, I just got a weird pop-up on Zoom. Me, too. It's okay. been upgraded. Okay. <laughs> all right. I don't know what that whole thing means, but... We have unlimited time now. <laughs> okay. Hope I hope so, because... We're just kind of, I know we're kind of getting off topic and all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really like Luke. Uh, I'm bummed out his radio show's over. I know he does like his MMA, uh, or not MMA, but just a YouTube uh, yeah. Q&A with, uh, with his followers on there. So you can always catch that. Uh, I didn't want to ask you guys about UFC uh, 253 because this was a hyped up main event. And I know it didn't go uh, as expected between uh, Israel Adesanya and Paulo Costa, but Man, I don't think anyone's surprised by the result of that with Izzy. I mean, that dude is just a freak. Of, he, a lot of people like to take sh shots at him and say he's skinny 
And yeah, sure. I mean, so what? He looks like a welterweight, fights at middleweight, and is possibly going to go up to light heavyweight at some point. Like, this dude really is a unique athlete. And I don't know if the UFC's ever had someone like him before. And this guy's just getting started, too, which is very exciting. Yeah, he's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's incredible, right? Like, the, yeah. like the timing, the speed, all stuff to say about Connor, but the timing, the speed, but also like the smarts. Like, well, the first round, the first round, how many, I don't know how many times, he, I was counting how many times he, he kicked the crap out of uh, Costa's leg. But I'm Costa kept doing like, yeah, come on, hit it. And I'm like, you dummy. <laughs> yeah, okay, you're a hitter. Okay, all right, go ahead, dude. See what, see what happens to you. By the second round, that leg was useless. Couldn't throw, had no power, was slower Nothing. and all that. So I'm not surprised. And Izzy might be some kind of evil genius. But when you fight dumb against them the way Costa did, in my opinion, fight dumb against them the way Costa did, you're literally handing him the win. Like there was no doubt after uh, halfway through that first round in my mind that Izzy was going to finish him quick. And it was, when did it end? Second round? Second yep, round. Yeah. Second round. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So I, I, I watched Izzy back in the day. I, I was a big glory kickboxing fan and, and he really tore it up over there. And then he come, came over to the UFC and I didn't really know what to expect. And uh, he had a, a big flashy uh, fight, his, his first UFC fight. Like, all right, this guy's good, but let, let's let's see. Uh, like like all these big striking guys, you want to see them against a wrestler, and uh, he passed those tests. He, he, I don't think I've ever seen him get taken down before. <laughs> I think uh, Marvin Vittori might have got him in the third round of their fight, but uh, I, and now you look at the rankings at middleweight, and there's really no one that gives him any issues. No. And that's a scary thing to think about uh, because this is this guy's a kickboxer who just decided, hey, I'm gonna do MMA and I'm gonna do it really, really, really good. Uh, and, and it's like, you go up against him and what do you do? Because we had Robert Whitaker go hyper aggressive. That didn't work. We had Yoel Romero go hyper conservative. That didn't work. And then Paolo Costa was like somewhere in the middle where he didn't know what to do, where like he, he kind of laid back in the first round, then started, uh, trying to strike in the second round and that didn't work. He got counted and knocked out. So there's really no way to solve Israel Adesanya right now. And that's really kind of terrifying because, these dominant champions, they're typically all wrestlers, but now we're seeing with a striker, and that's so cool. Yeah, I will say, I mean, it, it, it kind of sucks that it took this long. And I'm not saying it took him forever, but I wish we saw Israel Adesanya a little bit earlier because I would have liked to see him fight a guy like Michael Bisping because I think Michael Bisping could have maybe challenged him a little bit more before his retirement. Uh, I mean, who knows what would have happened if he and GSP possibly would have fought, uh, referring to um, Adesanya. Um, but yeah, you're right, man. It's like, I don't know who is going to challenge him. And it's like, you know, you can either stay at middleweight and just continue dominating the way you are and just build yourself up and, you know, maybe go for Demetrius Johnson's saddle defense record or move up to 205 and, and fight. So those guys there, I know there's all that talk about John Jones. Uh, what do you guys think he does next? Cause I, Dan, you do bring up an interesting point. It's like, you know, what is there to do in middleweight? Yeah, uh, I mean, Thiago Santos called him out. If, if, if Santos can make 185 again, that'll be fun. Uh, Jared Cannonier has been winning. I, I know like, there's really, I don't know what you do with, with him. Like, uh, you just you start feeding them, guys. I don't think there's going to be much, uh, you know, interesting uh, matchups at, at middleweight for him, but just keep building that resume. I like like they're doing with uh, with Nurmagomedov. It was hard to pick, right? Like, I mean, he said himself, like, hey, I, I DM Jared Cannonier. If he, if, he, you know, if he dominates Robert Whitaker, he's next. Let's say he doesn't dominate Robert Whitaker. Is, is he take that fight anyway? I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, look, just looking at the rankings, I mean, jack all for anything. Um, Whitaker's still one, Costa's still two. 
he'll drop. Cannoneers three, um, Jack Hermanson's four, Euro Romero's five, Darren Till's six. Like, like who? Any of those names? You think they could beat Izzy? He beats all of them. So exactly. I, I forgot about Darren Till. Like, how has he done lately? Because Dan, I'm kind of like you. Yeah, I haven't followed MMA. I, I mean, I used to follow it super closely, but not as much lately. But I know he's he hasn't been as dominant lately like he was at at 170. He just lost to Robert Whitaker, and before that, I believe he beat uh, Calvin Gastelum. Okay, yeah, I, I, I completely forgot about Darren Till. I think that'd be a fun matchup, but it's also got to make sense too. Yeah, does make sense right now. Whitaker, uh, Whitaker got the best of him in their matchup, but then you saw how Izzy handled Whitaker just easily, which was also terrifying because Whitaker was phenomenal throughout his whole title reign and his way up uh, the ladder at middleweight. He was so so good, and Izzy made him look amateur. And that that's just it was wild to me. Is he is he to me reminds me of uh, remember Cody Garbrandt, um, Dominic Cruz. Yeah, where yeah. Dominic he can't Cody Garbrandt comes in and everyone's like he's a wrestler with an overhand right he's not gonna do anything and then he threw a master class on how to beat Dominic Cruz. Incredible. He, he played possum. He held everything back every single fight until he fought the guy he had literally grown up training to fight. It seems like Izzy did that, but for everybody. Yeah. Like, he trained to beat everybody on the way up, and he's like, all right, I'm here. I got a game plan for this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. So it's it's hard to say, like, who could be the one to – I want to say dethrone him, but at least give him a fight, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Euro Marrow fight to this day, I'm still wondering what happened. Like, I know Izzy likes to wait to, to counter people, but that was just the weirdest fight to ever watch. It reminded me so much of uh, – Black Beast and uh, what's the other fellow's name? Ngannou. Yeah, 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 yeah. Black Beast, Derek Lewis and friends and Ngannou. It was the staring contest. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. So, I, I don't know, man. I was at that fight, uh, Lewis yeah. and Ngannou. And, and, and my dad, he doesn't follow MMA as closely as I do. He and I uh, attended that together. And I told him, I go, this is going to end in two minutes. Like, this is going to be a great <laughs> fight. And so, we're watching and a minute goes by. And I, I'm like... You know, it'll it'll pick up. It'll pick up, and uh, eventually, it's just they're not doing anything. They're just—I mean, people are booing. Yeah. Uh, the fans start chanting "fight, fight, fight, fight." So, and then they start doing the wave. They uh, pull out the phone and they turn on their flashlights. There was a woman, <laughs> that was the best. The, oh, there was a woman next. I remember that happened in Woodley Maya and Woodley Joe Maya. Rogan. Joe Rogan just—you know—he. I mean, he talked about it because there was nothing else to talk about. This woman next to me goes. What do the lights mean? I go, it's a boring fight. And she starts laughing. It's like, yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> so it's just, you see all that. And it's like, yeah, you are kind of surprised with how that went down. And then Brock Lesnar in the end just goes, uh, you know, Miocic is a piece of shit. And God knows yeah. it's like, damn, yeah. dude, just relax a little. You know, everyone has their bad days. But uh, yeah, that was kind of shocking to see, um, to see how that all unfolded. It was yeah. weird, man. And then, there were, like I said, Romero, Izzy being basically the same way, just kind of like, okay, what, what is going on with this? So like, that's why, that's why now you get fans that are kind of not all of them, but some of them are just like, all right, if you're over hyping a fight, I'm not gonna, I'm definitely not gonna pay for it. I'm not watching it. Might not pay for it. Whatever. So it's a, it's a rough one to call when it comes to those like overhyped main events and stuff. Like, and it's weird. That's why. That's when you miss. And I, I you know, I'm not a massive Connor fan. But I definitely give him credit for what he's done for the sport and, and transcending it and all of the stuff that he's done. The positive stuff he's done, all the negative stuff, well, it's on him. But, like, you know, the positive stuff he did, my, my dad doesn't watch – we haven't watched boxing. He hasn't watched, like, boxing or, like, combat sports in years, right? He, he was a big uh, Oscar fan. 
He was a big. Uh, hey, Mike sorry, Isaac I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut you off, but you guys keep going. I need to step away for just one moment. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. keep continue. Cool. No, so like you know, my dad was like big boxing fan stuff like that, and he stopped watching boxing for years, right? <laughs> the night of Maymac, dude. The night of McGregor Mayweather. I get a text about through like through the fourth round. My dad's like texting me going, "When's Mayweather gonna knock this cocky asshole's face off?" <laughs> I'm like, "Relax, it's coming, it's coming." Well, what's he doing? I'm like, he's carrying him. And why are you watching? He's like, I went over to your uncle's house. He had it, so I'm watching it. And I was over at my buddy's house watching it. Uh-huh. I'm like, you could have told me, dude, I'd have gone over with you. But regardless, it was, he's just one of those guys. So, like, we could use something like that right now. I don't think, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're talking about Greg and Pacquiao now, but we could use something like that in the UFC right now, I think. Yeah, there's 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 very few guys who always deliver like like McGregor did, uh, and and we don't even have that with Izzy uh, because yeah. Izzy sometimes guys are too scared to to punch him, and I don't right. want to say scared because they're they're professional fighters, not scared, but they they're, they're petrified because they don't want to leave an opening for Izzy to, to take advantage of, uh, and that leads to you know those staring contests like he had with uh, Anderson Silva and uh, Yoel Romero. Sometimes guys just don't want to mess with him, uh, and and that's that that's going to happen with Connor. People thought they could get there uh, because yeah. he throws those spinning kicks and he's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have a window there. And then uh, Connor would take advantage of that and knock him out. So you'd always get an entertaining Connor fight, but I don't think Izzy's at that level yet, uh, but you're, you're kind of guaranteed something fun happening when Izzy fights. Right. No, it, it, like I said, Izzy's just like, he's just that dude that put, I mean, look, if they fight him, they'll put it on a show. He'll put it on a show. I yeah. anybody. So it's just weird. That's why I mean, honestly, like it's fights like Izzy Romero fights like Derek Lewis and guy with which is why I'm a Diaz fan. They're both brothers. Oh, no sure. matter what happens, like when Diaz fought uh, Anderson Silva, right? Like even as a Diaz fan, like I knew there's a there's a decent chance Nick's gonna lose this fight, all right? But he's at least gonna put a little bit of fear in Anderson during the fight, bro. It, it, the, when he laid down, he's doing this stuff, and I'm like, this is why I watch a Diaz fight. Yep. And then he put it on him a little bit. They were going back and forth, and he was not quitting. That's the kind of stuff that I like, that I enjoy in MMA. It's those guys that do not care, they don't give a fuck. They're just like, all right, I'm either going to go out there and kill you, or I'm going to get killed. That's why, as much of a clown as Mike Perry is, I will watch a Mike Perry fight. Yeah. Because Mike Perry is like, kill it, like just like Post said, kill or be killed. It's like Diaz Brothers, like, kill or be killed, I'm going out there. So I would love to have someone like that come and fight Izzy yeah. and be able to actually, like, challenge him a little bit Vicente Luque is my dude for guaranteed excitement hell yeah uh, yeah he's the man god I've, I've loved him I think I was at his uh I was at his UFC debut way back mm. in the day uh and I think he lost in that fight but ever since then he's been on an absolute tear and just finishes everyone so uh I, I, that's my guy for guaranteed go-to entertainment there you, go. you know what's funny is and I don't know exactly what you guys were talking about I just got back a minute ago but you know what's one fighter that I've always enjoyed watching? And I was not always a UFC fan, but do you guys ever watch uh, Henry Gracie's YouTube videos? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching. So the way I got into that, you guys know who Tom Bahali is, former mm-hmm. Kansas City Chief yep. linebacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember just searching for Tom Bahali on YouTube. And this was back when there weren't a lot of YouTube videos out there at the time in 2007. This was after Holly's rookie year. All of a sudden, I see uh, Tom Bahali trains uh, with Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And I'm like, what is this? So I start watching it, and I was pretty hooked on that. And so I subscribed to Henry's YouTube channel, and that's how I found out about it. And that's how I knew about Brian Ortega. I knew, I knew about Brian Ortega before I even became a UFC fan. 
And then just seeing his evolution, I was so excited for him when he got to uh, the featherweight title match. And it's a bummer because he hasn't fought in a really long time. And I know he had that funny um, interaction with Jay Park because of the whole uh, Korean zombie thing, which they're going to fight pretty soon. Um, I think that guy's really exciting to watch. I mean, his last fight wasn't very good. I mean, he just got destroyed by Max Holloway, but... I mean, you can always count on him for for a finish, a really exciting finish too. He's he when it comes to Gracie Jiu-Jitsu fighters, I mean, he's one fighter that's really exciting to watch. You know, he's going to do something pretty good and entertaining, and it's going to make you say "Wow" by the end of the fight. Yeah, uh, he, his his whole thing was, I'm, I'm just going to throw down with you until you get tired enough to try and take me down. And then I'll submit you, which was always a fun strategy when it worked. And then sometimes it didn't work like the Max Holloway fight where his, you know, face is hanging off. It looked like, (laughs) Oh gosh, uh, yeah. uh, That's always a risky game to play, but when you have the skill set that he has on the ground, I guess you can lean on that quite a little bit. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It worked out about the Max Holloway fight. Yeah. Basically I was like, even Max was like, I'm not taking you down. I got length on you. I got speed on Mm -hmm. you. I got Mm -hmm. everything on you. I'm not, we're going to stand here until you quit. And you got to hand it to Ortega. He didn't want to quit. No. Didn't want to quit. And the space was all falling off. And real quick note on Tom Bahali. I know that, look, I've competed jiu-jitsu at heavyweight and at super heavyweight, okay? I ain't wrong with no 6'3", 275, <laughs> angry-ass linebacker that trained at all with Hannah Gracie, all right? If I do, that dude's in my bracket, I'll fight till I get to him and I'll be like, look, sir, let's just do takedowns for like a minute and I'll just tap. How about that? Give him a shot. Uh... Get out of here. I actually ran into him at a at a Shields. Do you guys have a Shields? Do you guys have a Shields in your area? No. It's it's a lot like a Dick Sporting Goods. I know in the Northeast there's Models. I think. Yep. So I mean they're pretty similar, but uh, I remember just seeing him. And look, he's got a distinct look. It's not like you can mistake him for some for someone else. But for some reason, I still ask. I go, sir, are you Tom Holly? And uh, super super nice guy. Uh, And yeah, I don't want to take too much of his time. Funny enough, I was thinking about him and Henner. And, you know, a couple hours later, you know, I, I run into him at, at, a, at a Shields of all places. So mm-hmm. that was the same week as the uh, Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl, uh, which he ended up going to the next day. So that's pretty cool the, to see him. Like the best week of your life, dude. Yeah. I saw when I saw like, I mean, and, and, and look, I saw your, your Facebook post where you were crying and I was looking at my phone. <laughs> and, and who's the thing? Who's the thing? My wife's sitting next to me and she's just like, is he crying? And I'm like, his team just won the Super Bowl. She's like, so? And I'm like, if, when, if and when the Cardinals win, I'm going to be a mess. And she's well, like, no, here's the thing. I didn't even, like, I mean, I teared up a little bit when my son was born. Don't don't get it twisted. I was the happiest <laughs> day of my life, and it always will be. Well, if and when the Cardinals ever won the, ever won the championship, I, it'll look like I was wearing mascara. I don't even care. I'll be, I'll be drenched, snot rolling everywhere. Like, I can't believe it. Like, that's that's the Islanders for me. I've, I've watched them suffer telling. so long. Oh, man. This year they were one of the last three teams remaining. Uh, so yeah, one, whenever they lift that Stanley Cup, I'll be a, I'll be an absolute mess. It, it won't Hell be pretty. Oh, dude, about that. I, I was so pissed off uh, with the Golden Knights the way their season ended. They were so hot in the beginning of the bubble, and then I don't know. But yeah, the, the Chiefs thing, man. Uh, I mean, it's like we we blew like a twenty eight point lead in a playoff game once. We once scored two touchdowns in a playoff game, and our opponents, the Steelers, scored zero, and we still lost that game. Like, any way, any, like, creative way the Chiefs can lose a football game, like, they have found a way to do it. There's no other, like, you can't recreate anything new. Like, the Chiefs always find a unique way to lose. 
And it's just like, all right, I think it's time to win now. And with like eight minutes left, we were down by what, 10 points mm-hmm. and we came back and won. So that was just crazy. I don't even know how that happened, but uh, yeah, it still feels crazy uh, to me, but and everyone in Kansas city. And, and, and real quick to everyone that gave Andy Reid any kind of shit when you were, he was in Philly, we can't win the big one. Look, man, that's just bad luck in Philly. You I, I gave him shit last year, man. Oh, I gave I, him I, shit last I, year. Agreed. Agreed. But, like, the people in Philly specifically, I don't know what it is about Philly fans. Alan Iverson can probably tell you better than anybody how Philly fans are. But it's just like, y'all deserve that shit right there. I'm not winning Super Bowl with Andy Reid because then he went somewhere else and won one. So good for Andy Reid. I'm, a, I'm an Andy Reid fan because of that. Because they gave him yeah. so much crap. Earned a lot of it, not going to lie. But he finally got the big one. You're just like, yes, thank you, Andy. Now let's give the Cardinals a chance here. You know what's so funny about that is everyone went – in the media talked about like the biggest story was how happy they were for Andy Reid. Hell yeah. And on my last podcast, I had a guy, uh, Dan Shanka on, I don't know if you guys have been to ourlads.com. They've got these really nice um, in-depth depth charts for NFL teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan's a super nice guy. He used to be a scout for the chiefs and for KU football. So he's got some local ties in the area. And he also was a scout for the Eagles when Andy Reid was there. So he used to work with Andy Reid. And I asked him about that, you know, what was it like to see, you know, your uh, a former colleague of yours and Andy Reid to win a Super Bowl? And he was just ecstatic. It's like, you know, he, there are a lot of guys. Okay, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like uh, Jay Gruden. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of bad things people will say right now about Jay Gruden and everything that went down over in Washington. But Andy Reid, you know, no one's able to say a bad thing about him. Yes, you can criticize, you know, his skills, what he's done as a coach at times, but as a person – I mean, that guy's impossible to to criticize. No one's ever said a bad thing about Andy Reid. And here's the thing about Andy Reid. It's like he when the team loses and when something goes wrong, I mean, he does not throw anybody under the bus. He always says, uh, I t- uh, I, I can't, I'm trying to think of the exact wording. He always says, uh, I take responsibility for the loss. It's like, you know, when he's talking to the media, he he, he takes all the shit for himself. Behind closed doors, I'm sure he, you know, says a few things to his colleagues here and there, but it never gets out in the open. Even in the past when we've had some immature, you know, behavior uh, situation, like with Travis Kelsey and Marcus Peters, like he does not talk about that publicly. He just keeps it behind closed doors, and that's the kind of guy he is. So a lot of people were happy for him, and I can understand why. It's like just the kind of guy he is and makes it easy to work with. Yeah, that that thing you said, that that's what made it so shocking to me this season when Adam Gase said, hey, all we got to do is just execute the plays that we're calling and we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> hey, man, there's a little bit more than that to it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's man. 11 other guys in the field with you, right? There's 11 other dudes on the other side with you, right? It's not just yeah. a like, I don't know. Adam man. Gase being employed, it, all right, whatever, man. <laughs> you know, the Jets, man, when they drafted Mark Sanchez, and I know he did mm. not do well, but they still went to an AFC title game two years in a row. And it's like, you know, you're just so close to a Super Bowl. And the Jets have never won a Super Bowl. So uh, they, won, they won Super Bowl three way back three. in the day. Oh, okay. Three. My yeah. bad. I <laughs> forgot about that. For some reason, I thought that was another team. But, uh, you know, for, for hey, that. Because fr- it, it was. <laughs> it was definitely another team. We don't know who the hell these Jets are. Probably, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, for this Jets team to be where they are now. Like they let go of Rex Ryan and, you know, all this hope that they've had over the years. It's like, and plus, you know, they're a big market team. So they're always uh, going to have a, a, that big spotlight. It's like Adam Gase, man, what are you doing? It, it, it's like, you're not even fooling Jets fans. Like even fireman Ed knows that this team's not going to go very far, but 
I don't know. Yeah, that hire was so confusing to me because he wasn't a good coach for the Dolphins. And he like alarmingly bad, and they hire him to a multi-year contract right away. I was like, what are you doing? Why? Like they played him twice a year when he was the Dolphins coach, oh. and he was bad. Eddie, I want to ask you, what were you thinking when the Cardinals hired? Yeah, because as a KU guy, you know, I mean, I, I I follow Big 12 football. It's like the Big 12 is not that great, and he didn't do that well. Okay, so I remember I heard the name, like, Cliff Kingsbury. I'm like, I've heard that name, Texas Tech, right? So I looked him up, and I was like, oh, right, yeah, Texas Tech, cool. Uh, he recruited Patrick Mahomes, I think, or he worked with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he worked yeah. with Patrick Mahomes and all that. So I was like, all right, all right that's cool. I didn't know too much about him. And I looked at his records, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is the guy we want to bring to the NFL? What are we looking for here? So when they hired him, you know, I'm, I, I give the Cardinals a lot of slack in hopes that it works out. And maybe that's an Arizona thing. We're way too damn nice to our teams, honestly. Like, the Suns is coming. We're happy just being mediocre every year now. And, you know, Coyotes every single year, like, all oh, those Coyotes. We'll go to those games anyway. Um, Cardinals, <laughs> same thing. But – they hired him, so I immediately thought, all right, let's give this guy a chance. See what happens. Worst case, we, we fire him just like we did Steve Wilkes after a year, just throw money down the toilet like we did with that dude, fine. So they get him, and then he opens his big mouth and says, yeah, oh, you know what? If I had the number one pick, I'd get Kyler Murray. And then I think a week or two later, he got the number one pick. I'm like, oh, dude, what are you doing? Because I wasn't convinced by Kyler Murray either. Like, a lot of people would say he's too short, too little. I'm like, dude, he had to say with a DE. With one defensive end hits him, with just one clean shot, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Especially with our line, right? Got to give him a lot of credit. He changed a lot of things. And he, he's learning as he goes, obviously, still to this day. Yeah. But this first season, he leaps and bounds, learned a lot about yeah. the NFL game. And uh, and I got to say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy that it looks like I'm going to be wrong about his hire because I was not happy about it at all at first. But I'm happy that he's, that he's learning and he's going. And it helps to have a guy like Kyler Murray, who I was also wrong about, and he move around and everything. But, you know, like I said, in Arizona, man, with all of our teams, every university, every professional team, you, you're just waiting for that one thing to happen that's going to tank the entire season. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe that might just be the crappy attitude we have here. Because, like, everyone from everyone that lives here isn't from here. I'm not even from here. You know what I mean? But everyone Where is are from you from? Out of town, Mexico. Oh, okay. You, you, yeah. were, you were born there? Yes, sir. When did you move to the U.S.? Oh, 1993? How old were you? Dude, I was like six or seven okay yeah you're 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 a lot like me okay yeah my family and i we moved to the united states when i was two so yeah Yeah, i I didn't know that about you i thought you were born in the u.s so that's pretty cool Uh, no that would have made it a lot easier because uh uh, they used to call them ins i don't know what they call them now but when i finally became a naturalized citizen i remember telling the dude that interviewed me uh first of all they put you through this whole i don't know if you had to go through this but like they put me through this whole thing they had to like they literally gave you like a social studies test from like middle school right who was the president here what was 1776 yep. known about? When was slavery abolished? You got all this other stuff. And I'm sitting here going, like, answering, like, rapid fire. He's looking at me like, how do you know all this stuff? And I'm like, dude, I'm a product of your school system. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, I literally learned this stuff last week. What are you, you talking to a child right now? What, you know what I mean, I, I, I started clowning this dude. He's like, yeah, you're American. Wow. <laughs> how old were you when you took the test? I was, man, 15? You had to take a test? They gave do so okay so first and I wasn't supposed to, out because because my parents were were, were uh, citizens for ten years I yeah. was supposed to automatically be one right, but for some reason INS did not uh, communicate with itself at all 
So it was all thrown around. They're like, oh, you got to go take a test. I'm like, what the hell? So I show up. I take the test, whatever. Oh, you pass, cool. And like a week later, uh, we get a letter in the mail saying like, oh, because you know, your parents were you know citizens for 10 plus years. Now you're automatic. And I'm like, so what oh, the hell was that? Huh. <laughs> that was bullshit. You know what I mean, like. And then a week after that, I get the I get we get the uh, uh, the letter that says I passed their test, and I'm like, this is, I should get two citizenships for this. Yeah. I'm like, I was waiting for my two. I, first of all, I didn't get a ceremony, which pissed me off. Not like in hindsight, it pissed me off. I didn't get to go do the swearing thing and nothing like that. Uh, they literally just sent me my social social security card in the mail, and they were like, yep, here you go, American. And I'm like, that is no fanfare whatsoever, dude. You're supposed to do hype me out, man. What the hell? <laughs> That's you know what I mean? Hype me up, America. What's up? My, my parents took the test and that was they studied for hours. Uh dude, probably, dude, dude. probably I, more than I ever did for school. I taught my dad everything he needed to know, and I had to quiz him. I was like eight. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, boom, Lincoln, boom, you know, all this other stuff, wow. Washington, all this stuff. And my dad went, he killed it. And he comes back and he's I'm like, how'd you do? And he's like, oh, I'll pass. And I'm like, but you got them all right, right? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, you owe me like Peter Pepper pizza. You want something. <laughs> like, Jesus, you got to give me something. So, yeah. No, I, I hear you there. Yeah, I just I just showed up and they gave it to me. I was like, what, 11 years old? Yeah. At the time. So Dude, that, okay, that, did, did, did it take forever for you? Because it took forever for me. Forever. Uh, I was a resident for years before they finally gave me that, my, my citizenship. So my parents became a citizen in the spring of 2001 i became a, a citizen two years after that in 2003 i will say about a couple of years after 9 11 i think they really change up a lot of things so i don't yeah. know uh i heard it's a lot more difficult now it's, it's really difficult hard. nowadays so way harder they, they want to give you people like a bunch of grief for not doing it the right way i'm like have y'all seen what the right way is <laughs> they, barely, they barely got money for a freaking Big Mac. You want them to do it the right way? Get out of here, oh, man. I give no. I give those people a lot of credit for almost dying to get over here. Get out of here with that. Oh man, uh, that's I'm pretty feeling funny. that white privilege right now. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, how did you become a citizen? I was born back in 1996. Hey! So, there you are. There you, <laughs> there are. you go. <laughs> um. You know what I did want to ask you guys? Uh, I definitely want to touch on this topic. Uh, you guys, I, see, I'm not a big video gamer. Mm. I do play Final Fantasy, Grand Theft Auto games, and then I'll play a few other games here and there, like um, Days Gone, uh, Call of Duty, Last of Us, though. I mean, that's one of my favorite games. I was a huge fan of The Walking Dead when it first came out. I know they, they, they're, they announced that they're only going to do one more season. So that whole zombie thing... I was really hooked on that. And I remember The Last of Us came out in 2013 and nobody had any expectation of that. But you guys have finished both one and two, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, just want to make sure. So for those who have not finished uh, one or two, if you don't care, spoilers coming up. But uh, man, uh, I remember the the ending of the first one. Fantastic game, but that ending sucked. It just... You thought so? Yeah, I I, I didn't like it. I I didn't like the way it ended. Uh, I don't know how else you would have ended that, but... I was not a fan of it. And then they had the DLC where you found out how Ellie got bit and everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was really good. And then how many years was it? Seven years apart between mm-hmm. one and two? Two damn I thought probably the perfect, probably perfect yeah. amount of time, but two damn long. I, I think yeah, I agree. Too damn long, but very well worth the wait to the mm-hmm. point where I, I will say it, it did make up for the ending of the first one. But dude, the ending for that second game, it's just that poor girl, like she's lo- she lost her family, she lost Joel, who mm-hmm. was like a father to her. Lost, I mean, her uh, girlfriend and kid. Like, 
where the hell are they? Like she took the entire right. farm with her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Last of Us 2 is one of those games that ruins other games for me because nothing will ever be as good. No. <laughs> because I, I thought Last of Us 1, perfect. 10 out of 10 all day, every day. Uh, and then with Last of Us 2, they, they made the gameplay so much better. Uh, and, and now I, 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 I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now. And it's like, all right, this is a good game. But it's not Last of Us. <laughs> that's that's right. how I'm going to feel with like every video game I play from now on. It's just going to be like, oh, this is like good, but it's not Last of Us. That's what I did with the newest. Uh, what do they call uh, Resident Evil? That the newest, <laughs> not the newest one, like the remakes and all that, but the one. Oh, is it seven? I forgot which one it is, but like the newest one. That's like the dopest game. I'm yeah, playing that, and it, it was an excellent game. And same with you. I'm like. Last of Us was better. It was much better. <laughs> that first one was dope. And at the ending, I wasn't mad at the ending because it told me one thing that was very important to me that I, that I was thinking about about three quarters of the way through the game. There's got to be a number two. And that ending, I was like, there's going to be a number yeah. two. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. going to be a number two. So as soon as that happened, I was like, all right, cool. There's going to be a sequel. I can live with this one. I can live with that. And then number two, you're just sitting there going like, what is going to happen next? Yeah, and then like, who's the bad guys? Ellie, the bad guys? The other chick, the bad guy? Like, are we all the bad guy? Are we all the good guy? Like, what's going on? And at the very end, I'm like the most epic fight scene, yeah, battle you can have. You just you're almost hoping you lose, and you're almost hoping you win. It's so weird. Um, it was dope. It was honestly like it's one of my favorites. And I, I'm I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of on in the middle. I'm, I'm I don't know whether this should have like a third one. I'll be like, all right, we're good here. You know what I mean? Like. A third one, it's like, where do you take that story? You have to do a third. Like, that, do you? what's that other girl's right. name? Abby? Abby, Abby yeah. Like, the, yeah. The, you, there has to be, like, some sort of story. Because, I mean, that girl lost everything, too. Like, yeah. in all fairness. You know what's weird is, I, I had to actually Google this just to make sure I followed it correctly, the whole story. But Ellie does not know that Joel killed her father. Like, right. yeah, that... Yeah. That whole thing is not, I mean, because I was expecting some sort of conversation between the two at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was kind of a naive thing to think, but <laughs> that 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 plot has to be filled in some way. It has to. Hmm. I, I hope so. I don't I, I feel I, I feel like I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that sad ass ending that they left it on. <laughs> that that it's like, all right, everything's bleak. Here come the credits. Uh, yeah. so I, I I think. I don't know. I, I don't know what you do with the third one. And I think it's narratively, you just, I think you just leave it at that. It, it, like you, you, they, you, we saw a complete Ellie journey from when she was just this little girl, not doing anything to just murdering everyone. Uh, that's a complete journey. And she kind of lost at the end. And that's the story. Uh, so she gave everything she had and still came up kind of empty handed and with less fingers. So yeah, like that, <laughs> that I think that, that's a very, very complete story. And I, I don't think we need to dig into Abby more because we had the flashbacks. We had, a, uh, I think we saw everything we needed to see uh, with, with both characters and I'm fine with it. Uh, not going anywhere unless they want to like, you know, introduce new characters and have like a new storyline in that same universe. I'm okay with that being the third one. That would be neat. I like anthologies. I'm all okay, with that. There you go. I think, you know, I'm really curious. Uh, what was uh, her girlfriend's name? I'm terrible with names, by the way. I can't remember. Dina, uh, Dina I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's like, me. I mean, she look. I th- the living hell out of me. I could not stand Dina. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's your girl. What the hell, man? They support. You know, I got it after you had the baby. Totally understand that. But before that, I'm like, come on, man. See, like, I, I think you can assume she went back to Jackson and said, hey, yeah, I yeah. need help bringing my shit over here. I want to come back. But it's like. 
at the same time, it's like you kind of want to see where she is now with the baby and all, and all the like the cattle, everything like everything's gone. Every like mm-hmm. the only thing left for her was in that one room, which she decided to take none of that. She just left. Right. So yeah, I, I, I see. Here's the thing again. Like I said, I don't play a lot of video games. Um, I, I'm Final Fantasy seven, Final Fantasy eight, VII, and nine. Mm-hmm. Those three are some of my favorite games. I think the story's compelling, as are the characters. And I'd say the same thing about Last of Us. Like, The Last of Us has a lot of compelling characters. Like, you you care about these characters in a way. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm a big fan of that. I will say this. I actually just grabbed this. I don't know. Have you guys ever read this comic book, American no, no. Dreams? This is actually really good. It actually talks about Ellie when she got to uh, that, that area where you first meet Ellie when you're Joel, when you're playing as Joel. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty cool. It, it's like a prequel to everything else essentially so if you if you want like more last of us i think that's a pretty cool read mm-hmm. uh neil Druckmann uh did a great job with that but uh i will say have you guys ever played uh days gone yeah no i haven't oh dude you i mean if you like last of us you gotta play days gone and i will say this like i think there's a chance maybe you'll you will like it better than last of us no because chance. I mean, oh, I'm just gonna put out, I was gonna put out there. There's no chance. Fair yeah, enough. Nothing's ever gonna beat that. I will say this: like the storyline's really intriguing. It does end in a cliffhanger, not right. not as crazy as Last of Us one, but right. there was a cliffhanger that teases a second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'll just leave it at that, man. If you've ever played Grand Theft Auto, you know how there's like an open world; you can go wherever yeah. you want at any yeah, time. Sure. It's a lot like that. It's a lot like that. So. Mm-hmm. I, I think you'll enjoy it. You definitely got to play Days Gone if you haven't done so. No, Days, Days Gone is dope, and it's it's a uh, it's almost it's a faster gameplay. It's faster gameplay with the zombies. Those guys. It is. These are these are like uh, what was that one? Uh, how was that movie? World War Z. These are World yeah. War Z zombies. Oh They're yeah. Sprinting. They are sprinting after you, and then you get oh, to the, running into giant groups called hordes, and you're just like, what the hell? This yeah, I, I'm. I was horrible with those. I Dude, can't. I was terrible for a while. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Uh. Real quickly, um, I know I mentioned you guys' podcast and everything. Is there anything you guys want to plug before we sign off? Right, yes, man. no, maybe. I'm, I got nothing. I, I, I don't know. I'm on the radio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. No, right. man, keep, keep awards, MMA.com. Uh, come hang out with us. We're interactive as hell. We're all, we literally do not take like ourselves so serious and we big time anybody. We've had random people. I've had random people hit me up on DM like, hey, man, can it be a guest on? I'd be like, if you're not crazy, why not? Shit. <laughs> We're bringing them on, but I'm not gonna lie, we've missed a couple of times. All right, they made for hilarious sound bites and stuff like that. But <laughs> other than that, man, it's pretty. Uh, it's it's very laid back. We just talk in May, and then um, I have uh, obviously Monday night. On Monday nights, I do the the the, uh, the keyboard warriors Monday night hangout, and then um, on Tuesday nights, I'm doing this old podcast that I did years ago, about eight nine years ago. I started a podcast called the Undisclosed Occasion Invasion Podcast. The dumbest name ever, but the ULI. We talked about everything, but a lot of it came down to current events, some sports, and then politics when it came time for elections. So this whole election is getting kind of crazy right now mm-hmm. with like everything. And I was trying to avoid as much as I could, but because it keeps coming to me, I'm like, fine, fine, fine. I'm going to bring it back. We're going to talk about it. So on Tuesday, I believe Tuesday nights I'm going to be doing, uh, I did one last week. YouTube yanked it off of YouTube for whatever reason. Um, on Tuesday night, I'm bringing it back. It's a very hangout style show where you show up and i just talk with people that are watching about politics current events whatever they got uh last week we got a lot a lot into gun control um i'm not surprised i live in arizona so gun control is a massive issue here but uh mostly because it's like stay away from my guns but uh other than that um k press we do the work all right yeah. you ever see the live yes. tweeting 
where it's like rapid fire live tweets. That's me. I'm doing that. Don't know how um, you do it. <laughs> oh, dude, it's a, uh, um, it's a lot of locking my door so my kids don't come in and like <laughs> watching with the plate of wings next to me. No, but um, we do all, you know, obviously Danny works there. I work there. Um, Gabriel, Gabe is one of my favorite people. This mm-hmm. Because this kid, he's, I don't know how old he is, but he looks like he's 12. Okay. Do you know how old he is, Dan? I think he's, uh, I think he might be a year or two older than me, which okay. is about like 26 or so. Right. But he All looks right. like he's 12, right? So it's just like, it's almost cute to watch him go talk to the fighters. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, oh, okay. He's the man. Yeah. Oh, you know who else is with, uh, who's the guy from Cage Side Press um, who was trying to talk to Tony Ferguson and Tony just goes, oh, F you. I don't need your advice. That was uh, Rodney. Rodney James. Yeah, Rodney. yeah, dude. I felt, I mean, he didn't seem like he was all bent out of shape about it, but no. I, I felt bad about him. It's mm-hmm. like, he didn't say anything bad. Tony Ferguson just misunderstood him. Uh, he, just put, he put he put Colby on the spot last week. He was yeah. like, hey man, you racist? <laughs> oh, really? like I missed that. I missed that. What did he say? Like, like Colby did his whole narratives and all that stuff. He's like, like oh, okay. are, are you aware of what you're saying with all this Black Lives Matter stuff? And, and Colby just did his thing. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, oh, okay. Rodney was the guy that pressed him uh, Bro, at you, the post conference. Did you recognize his voice? Because I did. As soon yeah. as I heard the voice, I'm like, that's fucking Rodney. Oh my God. He has no question. He's going oh, for it. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, Rodney's getting kicked the hell out. Dana's going to come out and get him out of here. Get him out of here. He has a real question. Get him out. I loved yeah, it. Afterwards, I loved I'm, it. Dude, afterwards, I'm just like, Man, we're probably never gonna invite it back. <laughs> oh god, it back. man's fearless. I love it, dude. Yeah, yeah you gotta I give respect. It yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna sign things up. Hey, this was a lot of fun. We definitely got to do this again. Hell Dan, yeah. Eddie, thank you guys so much. Uh, stay safe. We'll keep in touch, and uh, I'll bring you guys back on again sometime. Thank you. Yeah. Later. All right. Take care, guys. All right, big thanks to Eddie Law and Dan Doherty for joining me here on Farscast. Two really good guys. Uh, I mean, I, I can talk to those guys for a long time and certainly not the last time they'll be on this podcast. Definitely going to bring them back and uh, we'll talk some more MMA, talk some more NFL. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll never turn down a conversation about the UFC or uh, the NFL. Certainly not. Uh, so definitely enjoyed talking to those guys and uh, they'll be back uh, for sure uh, sometime. Uh, got some good MMA fights coming up. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about all of that. Uh, like I wish we would have, uh, but certainly we'll, uh, if we're going to do uh, some MMA talk, got to include those guys because they know what they're talking about. And uh, I mean, they love that stuff just as much as I do. So we'll talk to them again, uh, hopefully in a couple of months uh, after some of these MMA fights uh, happen and we see the conclusion of those fights. Uh, I will say, I forgot to mention this last episode. If you guys haven't, uh, the previous episode, Dan Shanka was my guest. Dan and I have known each other for a very long time. Uh, he used to be a scout for the Kansas City Chiefs, also was a scout for the Kansas Jayhawks. He was a head coach for a community college in Kansas. So this guy has a lot of local roots. Uh, he scouted for a few NFL teams as well. As a matter of fact, he scouted for Andy Reid, not in Kansas City, but in Philadelphia. So uh, this guy has worked uh, with a lot of great coaches across the NFL and uh, has a lot of great contacts, keeps in touch with a lot of uh, NFL coaches out there. So uh, he's someone who I can also talk to. I can say this about a lot of the people uh, who I've had on before and will have on in the future. I mean, just people who are very interesting and have a great background in what they do. And Dan is someone who uh, knows a lot about Andy Reid. And uh, we also talked about Gail Sayers because Gail Sayers did pass away 
uh, last week, unfortunately, a legend. Uh, I've met him. Uh, Dan has met him. We both have uh, very interesting stories about Gale Sayers. So check that out on Farscast. And like I said, uh, the guest segments I always put up on YouTube as well. So you can check that out over at my YouTube channel. All right, like I said, uh, Zach Steginga and DJ Evans, they will be joining me uh, very soon, hopefully. Uh, not sure if I'm going to have another episode before those guys, but I think that the next time I do an episode of Farscast, it'll be with those guys. So they'll be joining me on the next episode of Farscast. Again, thanks to Dan and Eddie for joining me on this episode. Subscribe to the podcast, share the links, spread the word, much appreciated. Follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and on Twitter. Until then... Talk to you guys next time. Take care.